Today's episode of Dunks and Dimes is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to dunks.robinhood.com. That's dunks.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.com backslash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome back to the Dunks and Dimes Fantasy Hoops podcast on this Friday, January 24th. Uh, I am your host, Brandon Funston, joined as always by our go-to guy in the fantasy hoops world, Eric Wong, a.k.a. Roto Evil. Uh, Before we uh, jump in and start discussing fantasy hoops, quickly want to let you know you can follow me at Brandon Funston on Twitter. You can follow Eric at Roto Evil, and you can also catch Eric's columns on The Athletic uh, on Twitter at the Athletic FS, and uh, of course, we'd love for you to subscribe to the Athletic so you can have free access to Eric's columns and all these podcasts for forty percent off. You can go to theathletic.com backslash dunks and dimes. As I mentioned, that gives you ac- access to all of Eric's stuff. It also allows you to check out all of our NBA podcasts, which include No Dunks, Back to Back, Hoops Adjacent with David Aldridge, and The Daily Ding. We also have several great team specific NBA podcasts as well, including. Here the deer. Uh, so, with that said, uh, let's welcome Eric in. Eric, we have lots to talk about today. How you doing? Oh, doing great, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing good, and I think uh, you know there's a lot of excitement this week around the return of Zion Williamson. Uh, the prophet Bob Marley said, "The Zion train is coming. You better get on board." And uh, the Zion train finally left the NBA station. It was a little bit slow getting out, but uh, caught a fourth quarter head of steam. And uh, did you get a chance to to watch him go off in that one? Yeah, I mean, like most fans, I was I was paying attention, tuned in for the start of the game, and you know he was really quiet those first three quarters, and actually changed the changed it to a different game, and then switched back kind of uh, during the middle of his fourth quarter explosion, I think when he hit his second three. But, I mean, that was definitely a, a sight to see. And um, One thing I noticed, sorry to interrupt you there, was just how, I mean, he just looked very comfortable from the NBA three-point uh, line, you know, just a nice, easy stroke. And um, as you mentioned, he hit a couple, he went four for four in the fourth quarter with 17 straight points. Um yeah, I think, you know, just watching him, it's easy to see how you can expect that three-pointer to be part of his game and uh, excited to see him get, you know, get the opportunity to build some minutes going forward. Yeah, I mean, you figure the three-point shot is probably one of the things he's really been working on during this whole time that he's been off, right? Uh, yeah. You know, what one, one considered one of his weaknesses, and obviously they're trying to kind of limit 
uh, his uh, how much he's moving around on the court. They supposedly worked on his uh, running motion, right? And so that was kind of interesting to watch. I mean, his his knee was still heavily wrapped, it looked like, and kind of hindering his movement. But, uh, I mean, otherwise, he definitely... Uh, has a big presence when he's out there and uh, you have to respect his drives to the hoop, which kind of opens things up for his teammates. And so the Pelicans are definitely been kind of a up-tempo high scoring team already. And I think we'll, we'll see more of that now moving forward. Yeah. What did you think about him? You know, basically he, go, he goes on the roll and then they, they take him out and, you know, I think his, maybe his last three pointer put them ahead by one. They take him out and they, you know, they, basically lose the game don't really use him again i mean i would have been tempted to <laughs> let him play a couple more minutes um wh- wh- what was your thought on that yeah i mean i think every everyone wanted to see him stay in there and they probably lost the game because of it kind of killed their momentum and that was a big game as far as the playoffs are concerned right because that spur put the spurs uh, into the eighth spot they're now uh alone in the eighth spot at 20 and 23 the pelicans are four games back so they're still on the hunt, but you know it's a home game against the team that they're battling with. You would think that uh, that game should have meant something to them. So I'm not really sure if it's something they're going to place a priority on because I could see them either being buyers or sellers at this trade deadline if they're trying to make it or if they're just really focused on the future, which uh, they might be leaning towards is just kind of playing it safe as I am. I still accept, expect him to sit out some back-to-backs and have kind of uh, minutes restrictions. So we might see more situations like that where he's on a roll and uh, they'll still want to take him out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're a little bit just barely over the halfway point of the season. Um, Like, did you get a sense of how Zion fits and if this is a team that with him and the way the team is constructed, it's conceivable to see them, you know, over the next 40-ish games, a little bit less than that? Um, that they could go on a roll and you know and is that something do you think the pelicans really care about doing are they are they gearing up for a uh you know when all these young guys that they have kind of get a year under their belt and uh you know are ready to hit the ground running next year i mean i could definitely see them going on a roll you look at how much talent they have uh with jj reddick coming off the bench and i think you're gonna see like especially a guy like reddick be that much more valuable now playing alongside zion where He's gonna Zion's gonna command so much attention on his drives and whatnot that uh, he'll open up more outside shots for guys like that. But yeah, I don't think it's a priority for them as far as his fit. I mean, uh, I liked how Jeff Van Gundy brought up the point that uh, when Zion was doing all that damage in the fourth quarter, it was at the five spot. He was playing center. Derek Favors was not in the game. Jackson Hayes was not in the game. And I definitely think that that's going to be his primary position moving forward, that he'll be more effective uh, at the five, surrounded by four shooters. What about, uh, did you see anything as far as impact with Brandon Ingram? He's been there, you know, been the big breakout player for the Pelicans. Are we going to assume business as usual for him? Right. I mean, Ingram still got 22 shot shot attempts, shot the ball poorly, only scored 22 points on those attempts. I still think he's going to get plenty of looks. Uh, like Zion is very effective, uh, efficient with his scoring. He's not just a chucker, right? Like he's uh, going to drop some assists to kind of underrated uh, passing vision. 
But Ingram did only have three rebounds, and you might see that. That might be the main stat that takes a hit is his rebounding. But uh, probably Drew Holiday more so is going to be uh, shooting less because of Zion, I would think, and not so much Ingram. So is there – okay, so Ingram's been basically a top 10 player. Um, If you're an Ingram owner – just knowing that maybe the rebounds take a hit, maybe you know some other subtle teas. Would you consider selling high on him? Yeah, I'd say the owner owners of Ingram should just still be expecting like eighty five to ninety percent of his production that he's been giving them. So just a slight decline. And so if you can get a top 10, 15 player in return, then sure, go ahead and trade him. But I'm assuming that uh, that's going to be a little hard to do. So if you can't get a top 15 guy in return, then I'd say you're probably just better off hanging on and seeing how it plays out. All right. Uh, Before we, uh, you know, kind of close the book on talking about Zion here, uh, we have another return to talk about. And Reggie Jackson uh, also came back after three months out. But before we talk about Reggie Jackson, um, like let's just let's look ahead to next year. Um, seeing what we've seen from Zion, let's assume that you know we're going to get more of the same. Uh, what? Where? Can you kind of project where you might think he'll land in next year's drafts? Right. I'd I'd kind of been thinking this whole time that he might provide some value uh, next year because of what's happened thus far. But just after watching that one quarter, really that that was all it took to kind of. Uh, remind everyone what he's capable of and to bring that energy and excitement back. And he's just such a fun player to watch that I think he's always going to be targeted early in drafts, even if he has, even if he misses a lot of games like he did this year, or even if he shoots the ball poorly from, let's say, the free throw line this year. I think he's still going to be a top 25 pick in uh, most drafts next year. He's just too too fun to watch and has so much upside that people are aware of that I, I don't really see him falling uh, falling anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. So much, so much energy for a guy that's that strong and that in uh, that size, and um, yeah, it's just hard not to imagine. As long as he stays healthy, that we'll see a lot more good things. So, uh, speaking of health, I mentioned Reggie Jackson. He returned. Uh, to the Pistons lineup after three months out of action, had a, he also had a great game, uh, twenty two points as well. And uh, what did you did you get a chance to check that out? I know Reggie Jackson. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, uh, this week was in uh, Eric's uh, top twenty five players under forty percent owned in Yahoo leagues. He kind of did a rundown of all the guys that he he finds intriguing. Reggie Jackson was there, and it was. Uh, nicely prophetic for you because uh, that was right before he came back and, and exploded. So uh, what's your thoughts on Reggie Jackson fitting in with the Pistons here? Right, definitely a bigger game than I was expecting uh, in his return. I guess it helped that Andre Drummond set out that game, so there were kind of extra shot attempts to go around. Uh, some more driving lanes opened up for him. But he jumped from uh, 9% owned when I wrote the column on Tuesday to now he's 29% owned, and that is going to keep rising. So if he's still available in your league and you need a point guard, definitely a guy to consider. Um, Interesting stat for that game was that the Pistons were a plus 26 with Reggie Jackson on the floor and just a plus zero with uh, Derrick Rose on the floor. And I think what we're going to see is that the Derrick Rose trade talks are going to start heating up 
lots of uh, teams would be happy to have a veteran point guard who can give them instant offense off the bench. And uh, Pistons don't really have a need for Rose moving forward, I don't think. So that's more upside there for Jackson is if uh, Derrick Rose gets traded and then he could kind of take over his old job back. Yeah, Derrick Rose has been great this year. He's kind of he's you know he's gotten his burst back. Uh, but Reggie Jackson's been the guy in Detroit for a while, kind of always a mid-teen scorer with about five assists and one one to one and a half three. So certainly, uh, you know, expect him to kind of return. And I, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, they've been talking about uh Derek Rose moving on it it certainly makes a lot of sense to get some value for him here um all right let's uh let's go and since we've been talking about trades let's talk about uh a trade that actually happened um and that was the Trevor Ariza for basically Kent Kent Bazemore uh Portland and Sacramento pulled off a trade this past week and uh there were some other players involved I don't know if you find any of the other players in- interesting at all but I think Ariza I know that the fantasy world has found him interesting cuz he had a nice debut for the the Warriors uh 20 plus points and he was the second most added I saw on Yahoo today um in fantasy leagues behind Jeremy Grant so uh thoughts on Trevor Ariza in Portland now well, for uh, other guys included in that trade, everybody should go pick up Caleb Swanigan immediately. That guy's a must-add. Really? That's interesting. <laughs> that's that's definitely a joke. Okay, uh, good. Swan- I was like, I, you know what's funny? It's I loved Caleb Swanigan at Purdue, and that guy's a he was a house. But uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I've never seen him do anything in the NBA so far. And uh, I, okay, I'm glad that you said that's a joke. Uh, a little bit lost on me uh, at first, but. Uh, um okay i mean he's probably like the poster child of the the big man of the uh big man that uh dominated in college and is just not mobile and versatile enough to play in today's nba right like in yeah the 90s nba he would probably still be beasting it but uh he just he may i mean if when nurkic comes back he may never get off the bench right i mean i saw that yeah, I, I saw stott say something that like they plan on on using Swanigan, but I can't imagine they will at all once once they get the two big guys back, unless Whiteside gets traded. No, I uh, don't expect him to make much of an impact. I think he'll be out of the NBA in a couple of years or whenever his contract's up. He's, just, he's, he's slow. That's the problem. He's just so slow. Uh, so what's your what's your thoughts on Ariza? Yeah, definitely uh, figured uh, he would at least slide into Kent Bazemore's minutes, right? And Bazemore was kind of playing thirty. 30 plus minutes uh, a game by default for Portland um, after losing Rodney Hood, who was playing big minutes at the start of the season. But uh, yeah, he played 36 minutes uh, last night, injury depleted team, was able to score 21 points, shot four for six on threes, seven rebounds, two steals, very solid numbers. I don't think you want to expect that kind of scoring every night from him. He got extra shots due to C.J. McCollum being out. And in his 32 games for the Kings this year, he didn't score 20-plus points even once. So, uh, you know, you're not going to get that kind of scoring production every night. But you know he's a proven threes and steals guy. Uh, He can contribute in those categories. Getting up there in age, but... Uh, the Blazers need all the help they can get, and uh, he's definitely going to play big minutes for them uh, for the time being. 
Yeah, you mentioned it. He'll be 35 at the end of June, and just looking at it like his his career, you know, lines is just a, a whole bunch of teams and a whole bunch of pretty solid seasons. The guy just kind of, you know, keeps on keeps on keeping on year after year after year. So, uh, what about uh, Baysmore with the Kings? Yeah, I mean, I had Baysmore. Uh... A few times uh, after Hood went down, I had added him in several leagues and then kind of slowly been dropping him. And then definitely after this trade happened, uh, dropped him in all the leagues where I had him just because he wasn't uh, producing that well to begin with. And now he's going to play even fewer minutes on the Kings uh, as long as uh, that backcourt Fox healed and then Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench is kind of their sixth man. And that actually helps him out. Uh, the most on the Kings, uh, that trade by getting rid of Ariza. Cause I think, uh, Bazemore is kind of like a, a lesser version of Ariza in a sense. So like a less worse shooting, uh, version of Ariza at least. And, uh, so I think if you're hanging on to Bazemore, you may as well look to replace him. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Portland traded for some help in Ariza and they're going to get some more help back it sounds like pretty soon uh Yusuf Nurkic um has been out all season and I you know this has kind of been the target that around the around the all-star break they expected him back and so it looks like he's pretty much on target with that he returned to practice um recently just this past week and uh from all accounts it sounds like he looked pretty good i think dame lillard was talking that uh he looked good so uh that would be a big boost for them you know it's funny i was looking there i think they're eight games under 500 and just on total value fantasy rankings um lillard and whiteside are top four in the league on basketball monster and i'm like man has that ever happened where you've had two top five fantasy value players past the midpoint of the season and your team is eight games under 500 it's been it's been you know i guess it speaks to the overall depth of the team and and certainly you know getting ariza and getting nurkic back will help them out a whole lot right definitely um yeah nurkic has already jumped in in ownership he was 24 percent owned in yahoo leagues when i wrote it on tuesday and now he's already up to 42 percent so definitely, uh, if you're looking for some backup center help uh, and he's available, you better add him soon. It'll be interesting to see how they ease him back because uh, I think owners should kind of uh, temper their expectations, especially early on, because this is a seven-footer that used to weigh nearly 300 pounds that we're talking about. And I think uh, they were playing him heavy minutes uh, leading up to his injury. I think he was just playing too much. When that happened, it was a pretty grueling game that I remember, and he'd played, you know, most of the fourth quarter in overtime, I believe. But uh, he does look like he's lost some weight, which should be good for him moving forward. But I think they're going to be very careful with him and kind of uh, keep him on a minutes restriction, limit him from back to backs for for possibly quite some time. And of course, you got Whiteside there who has been beasting it, like you said. So. Uh, I think they're going to bring him along slowly. Don't expect the kind of immediate impact, uh, let's say, like Zion just had or even Reggie Jackson. I, it's you know a little bit easier for a guard to come back and start playing major minutes uh, than a seven-footer, I believe. 
So if, if Nurkish all goes well and he's, you know, right on schedule or, or, you know, if everything stays positive, do you think that's really going to push Portland to look to deal Whiteside? Can you see these guys coexisting and putting up, uh, you know, and, and satisfying fantasy owners for both players? I mean, Nurkic has been productive in limited minutes before, but um, it's definitely going to be a tricky situation. It's... They could try playing them both together, but I don't really see that being too plausible. Um, so I would say, yeah, the for Nurkish to really do what uh, his owners are going to be wanting him to do, I think they're going to need a white side trade to happen. But um, it is still possible if uh, Portland's looking to, to move on from that contract and kind of focus on the future, especially if uh, they continue to lose games. Certainly, Whiteside afforded them a sell-high opportunity on him. He's, as you mentioned, he's been great. So, I, I want to go back. You, you talked about who was going to get the eighth spot in the in the playoffs. I just want to. I'm curious. You know, say Nur- again. We'll just be positive and see Nurkic. The return goes well. Zion's return's going well. You'd mentioned the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Suns, the Pelicans, the T Wolves, and the Kings vying for that eighth spot. If you had to put your money on one of them at this point in the season, who are you going with? Um, yeah, it's really, it's really tough call. It's, uh, I was kind of starting to count out the Spurs, but now they've won three games in a row and they're sitting in that eighth spot. And it's, uh, it's really hard to, uh, pick that team to not make it just because of their proven track record Yeah, and, uh, coach Popovich, right? Based on who has the best roster, like whose roster do you like the most? Well, as far as uh, overall talent, I'd say I like the Pelicans roster the most. Yeah. But if, if I had to pick a team, I think I would pick the Blazers just because of Damian Lillard. I feel like he's not going to allow his team to not make the playoffs more so more so than any star. As an average, averaging 54 <laughs> points in his last two games. I mean, he's just, exactly. he's just uh, you know, he's on an unbelievable roll. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean... You know, adding Nurkic back in there, and you get Ariza, who you know, as, as you've mentioned, fits well with stars. You know, and kind of can be that guy that knocks down the three when the other guys are getting all the attention. So uh, this may all come together for the Blazers well. And if Lillard continues the way he's going, I, I think my money would be on the Blazers uh, as well. So, uh, all right, we've been talking about your your column on the Athletic this week, uh, guys under 40% owned in Yahoo that you like and you had sent in the column and then you were watching uh, Dallas play and you saw the Dwight Powell injury happen and uh, you had to make sure because it uh, was the same day that you you submitted your column that you wanted to get Dorian Finney-Smith in there um, because of the, the fallout of the Dwight Powell injury. So why don't you talk about the Dallas situation there in the front court? Right, definitely a major injury blow to the Mavs. Uh, Dwight Powell rupturing his Achilles. Uh, sucks for him. His season's definitely over. Those injuries are pretty brutal to, to watch and recover from, I'm sure. And uh, I mentioned that uh, Maxi Kleber was a strong ad as well, but he was already over 40% owned before the injury. But he's definitely uh, gives you that nice combo of blocks and threes from the center spot. Had three blocks and two triples last night. And uh, Finney Smith definitely has kind of been a under the radar, low end value type uh, deep league contributor all season long. He's only gone from a fifteen percent owned to seventeen percent owned, and I think he should be owned in more leagues than that. Had a nice uh, 
double-double last night, uh, 11 points, 10 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks, and 3 for 5 on threes. Definitely when his 3-point ball is falling like that, he he provides very nice value. Sometimes uh, the points and threes aren't there, though. But uh, tied his season high in rebounds uh, with that uh, 10 boards, and I think uh, he's definitely going to have to step up on the glass now with Dwight Powell out. So I'd say those guys are... Solid pickups right now, and it'll be interesting to see if the Mavs uh, add some big man help because they could definitely use another big man now. They could go after a cheap free agent veteran, or they could go big and try to go after Andre Drummond. That would be interesting um, to to put Drummond in that that lineup and get his you know all his big big man uh, stuff in there. Um, yeah, are you are you feeling like it's a better chance that Drummond gets traded than he, than he doesn't? Where are you at on that? Yeah, I still, I mean, I still think uh, it just makes a lot of sense for for Detroit to move on, and I'm sure Drummond is ready to move on. And uh, you know, you plug him into any of these contenders, and they immediately become much more intriguing, much tougher to stop. Uh, I don't know what Dallas would have to give up to to get him, but I think they should definitely consider consider it and go after that that kind of deal yeah Donkic and and Porzingis and Drummond would be would be formidable for sure but if Drummond were to get traded uh you would become a pretty big fan of Christian Wood I'm assuming uh in Detroit right I mentioned him in the column he was 31 percent owned and for some reason that hasn't changed he's still at 31 percent despite scoring uh 23 points on Wednesday in just 25 minutes it was his Second highest uh, scoring total of the season. Shot perfect 7 for 7 from the field, 9 for 11 from the free throw line. Very nice for big man. And uh, that was a game in which Drummond sat out, so it kind of gives you a taste of what he could do. Uh, He would definitely get a nice boost if a trade were to happen. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. It seems like it's just about minutes for him. What did, was he with the Pelicans at the end, or like for like a, a small sample size last year? And he got like twenty three and a half minutes, and he was putting up like eighteen and nine, and, and getting blocks. And um, like I think with mid twenties minutes, you're looking at a guy that can be be a very helpful fantasy impact player for you. Are you, are you in agreement on that? Yeah, he's just so active and long. I mean, that, that guy's limbs are <laughs> freakishly long that uh, he's able to get get blocks pretty easily and has a decent shooting stroke. So, yeah, he's definitely been a solid per-minute producer and uh, definitely a guy to pick up preemptively before a trade were to happen. All right. Another uh, big guy that's uh, been playing well is Jeremy Grant. I mentioned he is the most added player on in Yahoo Leagues uh, today – and getting it done for the the Nuggets, uh, are you are you as excited about Jeremy Grant as the rest of the fantasy community right now? Yeah, definitely. I I think I still have Grant in uh, one or two leagues, maybe, but I had him in a few more, and wish I had hung on to him longer. And uh, no return date for Paul Millsap is definitely a good thing. And you know the Nuggets are going to be very careful with Millsap because they'll want him, they'll need him for their playoff push. So trying to keep him as healthy as possible. And now Mason Plumlee is out two to four weeks with a foot injury, not to mention uh, Michael Porter Jr. also hurting uh, a little bit. So that just means big minutes for Grant. He scored 16 plus points in three straight games. The first time he's done that all season long. 
And uh, he's a proven producer, right? Last year for the Thunder, he had very nice fantasy value, like pretty solid scoring rebounding and good shot blocking from uh, from that spot. Yeah, you'd like him to be a little bit stronger on the boards, but he's just never really been uh, much of that guy uh, in, his, in his NBA career. So it's probably not something you can count on now. Uh, what about... Malik Beasley and Monty Morris uh, staying with the Nuggets. Uh, sound, seems like they're also benefiting uh, from in, from some injuries on the team as well. Right. There's uh, no return date for Jamal Murray still. Gary Harris is considered questionable for tonight, Friday. So we'll see if he comes back. Uh, if so, he's been out so long that they'll probably kind of keep him on a little minutes restriction. But even if that happens, I still think uh, Beasley's an interesting ad. I mentioned in the column and also on last week's podcast how Beasley could be a very interesting uh, trade candidate, someone that uh, kind of a young piece that Denver could look to flop for a more proven veteran veteran since they're really focused on the postseason this year. And uh, Morris, you know, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh not a ton of scoring, but some solid assists and some steals. And at least until Jamal Murray comes back, I think he's worth owning in deeper leagues. Um, all right, so that's the Nuggets. Let's go to the Celtics. Daniel Thies, Thies, Thies. I always, I always go, I always forget which one it is. Uh, I think it's is, actually Tice. I'm not sure. Tice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I knew I was going to get it wrong, uh, but uh, he's been. However you pronounce it, he's been uh, worth looking at uh, of late. And you mentioned his uh, ownership has been spiking a little bit of late. Uh, what's going on with him in in, uh, in his situation with the Celtics? Right, his ownership has gone up from 15% owned in Yahoo to 22% uh, this week. He continues to rack up steals and blocks, kind of been doing that all season long. In January, he's averaging 1.1 steals and 1.5 blocks per game. He's not a terrible free throw shooter compared to some of the other guys uh, that you would play at center. But he's also getting a nice uh, short-term boost now with Ennis Cantor nursing a hip injury, and Cantor's already been ruled out for the next two games. Plus you have Tatum who just hurt his groin in the last game, and he's going to miss at least one game. So that just means heavy minutes for Tice. And uh, if you need some steals and blocks, defensive help, he can definitely help you out there. All right. What about uh, – let's go to the T-Wolves. If you're looking for – uh, we've been talking about a lot of big guys here, uh, but an opportunity on the T-Wolves right now for Shabazz Napier if you need some point guard help. Uh, looks like he's, he's looking pretty good, at least for the, the short-term future. Right, I think we talked about him a little bit last week. Talked about Jared Culver as well. And uh, Culver has had a couple of duds this week, but I still like his long-term prospects. For Napier, I think um, he's still only 20% owned. Hasn't changed this week, even though he's coming off a pretty solid game. And over his last five games, he's averaging 7.5 assists almost per game. So if you need some assist help, he's definitely worth owning uh, until... Minnesota maybe makes a move for a point guard at the trade deadline, but until then, I'd say Napier is worth owning if you need some assist help. There you go, and yeah, in our upcoming pods soon, we'll be talking a lot about uh, trades as things start to to heat up. Uh, with that, Eric, I know you're going to plan to uh, sit down and uh, man a chat for us at the Athletic during the NBA trade deadline, uh, the the last day of the deadline. There, right around, uh, you know, I think it 
Is it uh, noon Pacific time? Is the is the deadline? Yes, that is correct. So Eric Eric will be sitting down for a chat. I think you're going to do like the two hours before the deadline hits at noon, and then uh, maybe a half an hour afterwards to go over all the action. And hopefully, it's always fun to see trades happen. And you know, because a lot of times it can end up being much ado about nothing. But hopefully, uh, some of the names we've talked about here and some other names out there that are being prominently discussed as being. up available for trade uh, we'll see some movement there it always makes things fun for fantasy so uh stay tuned for that and uh if you want more of eric's uh a lot of these guys that we talked about were on his latest column on the athletic of the top guys under 40% owned in Yahoo. You can see more of Eric's thoughts on that. It's kind of a, kind of a tidy podcast this week, but as discussed, we'll have a lot more to talk about next week and the week after that. And, um, so, uh, before we, we call it good, I always ask you what you're watching, uh, this weekend in the NBA, Eric, what do you got on tap? Well, tonight's, uh, nuggets at Pelicans game. Definitely going to be tuning that, tune into that for some more Zion and lots of young, talented pieces on the floor for that game. And we'll see if uh, maybe they up his minutes a little bit or at least keep him on the floor more in the fourth quarter to see if uh, they can start winning some ball games. Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be uh, definitely keeping an eye on the Mavericks at Utah Jazz game. Be interesting to watch. Uh, that Dwight Powell injury is definitely going to come into play there against Rudy Gobert, right? But uh, I'm curious which team has uh, will be the bigger threat in the playoffs. Which of those two do you think um, other Western Conference teams should be more scared of in the playoffs? Well, um, you know, I think if you talk about Andre German going to Dallas, that, that's going to make them very scary. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Luka... Luca, you know, he can just take over games, and, and I don't know if you know uh, anybody can match like when Porzingis and Luca are just kind of uh, feeling good in, in in the zone. So I think Utah maybe be the you know the better all around team right now overall, but you know. In a in a playoffs, if you added a couple pieces or like a piece like German for Dallas, I think they they could be right up there with anybody. You know, it's funny, Luca. He's the weirdest. Like, is he still twenty? Is he not twenty one yet? I think you're correct. I think he's still twenty. He's got such an old man, weird kind of game, and I was just wondering. Like, he looks like he's like twenty nine or thirty. You know, like. He doesn't, you know, you expect a guy to be a lot skinnier when they're 20 like that, but he looks like he's carrying, like, you know, veteran weight. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of um, develops through his prime years in the NBA, but he's just got a kind of bizarre, sort of bizarre game to him. You know, what what, what do you think about Doncic? Right now, I mean, you make up uh, the very good points. He definitely has more of an old man's game, and I guess that comes from him having so much experience, right? Like he was playing in professional league uh, in Europe, uh, I think like 16 or something like that, 17. So uh, he's great at like, just like drawing contact, even when he's like driving into the lane ahead of a guy and just like, you know, slowing down. So the guy will run into him and stuff. He like does that all the time. It's, it's weird. It's, it's very kind of veteran savvy for sure. Right, and as far as his body type, like I think that's probably one of the things some NBA teams were scared of, right? And maybe that's why the the Kings went after kind of a freakish big man athlete in Marvin Bagley instead, was they didn't see that kind of 
athleticism in Doncic, but I think uh, you also need to consider that uh, because he's so young and because NBA teams uh, have such good programs for transforming guys' bodies that, I mean, I think we're going to see his body become, you know, much more toned and developed and uh, explosive moving forward, in which case he would just become even more dominant, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think if he gets, you know, if he makes that his focus, uh, you know, we'll be we're talking about him for a long, long time. So, uh, all right. Anything else going on for you uh, this coming week? Yeah. So on Thursday, I decided to uh, take my nephews, go with some other friends to go watch the Cal versus Oregon game. And that's going to be my first college hoops game live in attendance since i got to watch jason kidd in his cow days so that was a long long time ago and i really enjoy that that college atmosphere i remember it being such a different feel from going to nba games and i'm excited to uh take my nephews to to go see that kind of environment for sure and i haven't watched uh, much college hoops at all this year or last year i really don't tune in until the tournament really yeah. but i hear this uh peyton pritchard guy is pretty good and uh Excited to so watch some college hoops. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard's he's a stud. Um and he's kinda you know, he's Oregon he's a show for Oregon. Um it's like at twenty points, six assists and, and four rebounds so far. And he's just uh you know, he's kind of a magician. So it's he's not Jason Kidd, but uh, you know, he's you'll you know, it's you'll you'll seen two really good point guards your last two times go into Cal games, um, that's for sure. He's kind of the He's kind of the class of the Pac-12 this year, so I don't know. It's inter- I will, we'll see if he if his game can translate at all to the NBA. Um, but he's just so smart and so savvy, and uh, you know he just keeps getting better and better. So you never know uh, with that. So you're going on Thursday, so we can talk about that uh, next Friday, and we'll be as I mentioned, we'll be back here next Friday. Uh, so that is going to wrap things up. Uh, Again, I am Brandon Funston. You can follow me at Brandon Funston on Twitter. Follow Eric at Roto Evil. And we encourage you, if you would like to get a subscription to The Athletic, to go to theathletic.com backslash dunks and dimes. That'll get you 40% off. Get you access to all the great podcasts, all the NBA podcasts that we have available. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. And if you do do that, you do subscribe and you enjoy our podcast, we'd love uh, and appreciate you giving us a quick rating and review. So uh, we hope you do that, and we hope you join us next week. That's all for this week. Uh, until next week, have a great uh, have a great week in between. 